Welcome to the Sleep Like a Boss podcast. If you're struggling with sleep and have tried everything that Google, your friends or Facebook groups have recommended and you're still struggling, stop looking for that one thing to fix your sleep. The human body is complex and one single supplement or lifestyle fix is likely not going to be the solution. Here on the Sleep Like a Boss podcast, we dig into all aspects of sleep for you and unravel the complexity. My name is Annika Carroll. I'm the new CEO of Sleep Like a Boss, and me and my team are here to end the epidemic of sleep deprivation. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Sleep Like a Boss podcast, where we're going to dive a little deeper into the topic of gut health. We're going to specifically talk about H. pylori and sleep, and you might be thinking, what is she talking about? What is H. pylori? I've never heard of H. pylori. H. pylori is a bacteria that is common in a lot of people. It is actually the main cause of peptic ulcers for people. And um, as many as 50% of adults have this bacterium in their stomach at some point in their lives. And uh, most people actually don't even have any symptoms. Um, and H. pylori is probably one of the most common imbalances and overgrowth of H. pylori that we see in our clients. And um, while H. pylori can be protective to your health, it can become a real big issue once it gets out of balance. And then it will really have significant impacts on your health and on your sleep. So let's dive in and look a little deeper at what H. pylori actually is. So H. pylori is... An abbreviation and its full name is Heliobacter pylori. It is a spiral shaped bacteria that lives in the walls of your stomach lining. And in the walls of your stomach lining, it damages cells that secrete stomach acid and um, it in itself secretes an enzyme that is called urease. And urease, what this enzyme does is it basically neutralizes your stomach acid. So if you have certain levels of H. pylori, you might not have any stomach acid left because of that enzyme that gets excreted from it. And that then just basically weakens and neutralizes your stomach acid. And why is that a problem? Um, well, good levels of stomach acid are crucial to our overall health. And um, if you think about it, stomach acid is basically our first line of defense in the gut. So it stops bad bugs, pathogens that we might ingest through food that we didn't wash properly and that have something on it, contaminated water that we drink. And, and by having enough stomach acid, whenever we ingest these things, the stomach acid just kills all these bad bugs. And low stomach acid levels um, just allow for overgrowth of bad bacteria and they can lead to things like candida, so yeast overgrowths or parasites because they don't get neutralized by the stomach acid and the gut can actually go further down into your digestive tract. And um, yeah, that, that is one really big thing that H. pylori does and that's why it's so critical um, to know about it and to potentially get on top of it if it's there. And um, H. pylori, like I said in the beginning, is also the most common cause of pepsic ulcers. Most people don't have um, the virulent factors that will cause that. But if there is a stomach ulcer, a peptic ulcer that is um, developing in the gut, it is highly, highly likely from an H. pylori infection. 
Um, and if that is the case, then this needs to be really watched because these things can um, evolve into gastritis and they can even evolve into stomach cancer. So how do we get H. pylori? Um, and the common, most common sources, like if you think about that, about 50% of the population at some point have it, they get it from contaminated water or food and from person to person transmission. So exchange of saliva, kissing, that's one of the most common um, routes of transmission. So it is super, super spreadable. <laughs> it is quite contagious. And um, it is also found in vomit and in stool. So um, hygiene overall is very important with H. pylori. Um, so what are symptoms of an H. pylori infection? How do I know if I have it? Um, actually, most people don't even have any symptoms at all. Um, but if you have some of the following symptoms, might be worth starting to dig deeper into if there is an H. pylori infection going on. So things that are quite common are heartburn, acid reflux, GERD, things like cramping or burping in the upper abdomen, bloating and cramping. If you belch a lot, you eat and you're constantly belching. If you're burp, yeah, burping, belching, bad breath, nausea, uh, recurring issues with candida or small intestine bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, um, undigested food in your stool, nutrient deficiencies. Um, those are things like if you cannot get on top of your B12 deficiency, if you're, if you're even tested with a doctor or something and they tell you, yeah, you're constantly B12 deficient might be, um, might be a reason for that is that it is an H. pylori infection and your body just doesn't have all the factors in the gut that it needs to actually absorb that B12. So, um, so what we said, a lot of people don't even have any symptoms, um, which then makes it a little trickier. Um, and, and really just necessary to do different types of testing. Um, and so how does H. pylori actually affect your sleep? So H. pylori, what it does by living in the lining of your stomach, it actually damages the lining of your stomach. And um, it infests the stomach lining and through that it causes inflammation. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, inflammation always causes the release of cortisol um, and with that, we're going to suppress melatonin. And with that, we're going to mess with our sleep. Um, and the other thing is because H. pylori infections lead to lower levels of stomach acid, um, people who have H. pylori oftentimes have another gut issue that piggybacks of H. pylori that can be a parasite or that can be candida or yeast overgrowth. Just because like I explained before, the stomach acid is low and the entry barrier is low for pathogens that just gives um, the bad guys a playing field and with that we often see co-infection so to say with h pylori in people um, and if you're somebody who's had candida a lot or small intestine bacterial overgrowth and you've treated it and keeps coming back and you can't really get on top of it then h pylori might be the reason because if um, we need to get on top of H. pylori, get it out of the system, get your stomach acid to come back up to actually get on top of all these other infections or imbalances that might be going on. Um, so what's also important to know is um, the older we get, stomach acid is really something that becomes a bit of a problem the older we get because it just naturally declines and we get weaker and weaker digestive function and we're just overall more and more susceptible 
two things because those low levels of stomach acid. So, and then if somebody's aging and we have H. pylori as well as low stomach acid just by age, um, this is really a double whammy and this can really, really have an overall effect on the person's health. Um, and how it also affects sleep is not just through the inflammation in your gut lining. The other one is actually that it can cause symptoms like acid reflux. And um, acid reflux, a lot of people think, well, that actually means I have too much stomach acid. And that's actually incorrect. In most cases, cases acid reflux means you have too little stomach acid and the food kind of gets back pushed up um, towards the esophagus. And that actually causes the stomach acid to come up. And um, if this is something that people suffer with, this is really a problem with sleep because just acid reflux at night is just not a nice thing. Um, it to have when you're sleeping. Um, and um, yeah, the other thing that is also really interesting to know is that because H. pylori um, resides in the gut, it causes a lot of nutrient deficiencies in people, such as low vitamin B12, vitamin E, vitamin C, and iron. And um, you might be thinking this doesn't really have anything to do with sleep. Yes, it actually does because nutrient deficiencies can affect how your body absorbs minerals. If you're thinking about things like magnesium, which we know for sure helps with sleep, zinc helps with stomach acid production. If these nutrients, if we're deficient in these nutrients because of H. pylori, this will have an overall impact on our immune health and definitely on our sleep as well. Um, and there are actually studies out, quite interesting now, that have analyzed the impact of H. pylori and sleep apnea. And there is a potential link that needs further investigation and further studies to be conducted, but it looks like that H. pylori can be a, a trigger in obstructive sleep apnea. Um, I'm going to link that study for you if you want to have a look at it. And um, yeah, so how do I test for H. pylori? And um, doctors have many different ways to do this. So you can do breath tests where they check for that enzyme that urease enzyme um, you can do blood tests and sometimes they even I've had one done an endoscopy with a biopsy and then they take a sample of your stomach lining and they see if H. pylori is present. Um, in most cases though doctors only test if symptoms are present and consistent and we what we do um, here at Sleep Like a Boss we do run a stool test the GI map and you might be saying, yeah, but you're testing stool and you're and you're saying that H. pylori is in the gut. That's true. However, if it's in the gut, it's going to show up further downstream in the system. So in your stool, and if we're seeing levels in the stool, even if they're lower levels, we can like work our way back upwards to the stomach and assume that the levels are going to be even significantly higher there and that we definitely then have H. pylori, a case of H. pylori that needs to be addressed. Um and how is it treated if you have it? Doctors normally do tend to do a round, multiple rounds of antibiotics to eradicate H. pylori. It hasn't really shown to be that successful overall. And the problem with antibiotic use is this is going to attack, negatively affect and attack your microbiome and your gut even more and bring more imbalance to it. So if it's then not properly rebuilt after, you've actually killed also the good gut bacteria and you're going to create regarding to sleep, a probably even bigger problem than you had before. Um, and there are great combinations of herbs available that have been shown over and over again in studies to work and actually help 
address the H. pylori problem very well. And some of those, just to name a few, are things like mastic gum, broccoli powder, ginger, raw honey, slippery elm bog, oil of oregano, to just name a few. But that is something that I would not advise anybody to self-administer because some of these are really, really strong herbs and they can cause disruption in your gut microbiome if you are not sure how to dose for how long and in what amounts and what to do after to rebuild your gut microbiome. And so they should only be used as part of a comprehensive gut healing plan. Um, but are there things you can do yourself to start? Yes, absolutely they are. And the first thing I would say is address H. pylori with food. Um, the, and the first foremost important thing is to eat in a relaxed state and don't rush. So don't have the our food on the go or like, oh, I find more minutes and we're just going to have to get that dinner in. Um, if we rush with eating, we're not in a relaxed state. And this relaxed state is also known as the rest and digest mode. And that is the time if we're in this rest and digest mode where we release stomach acid and digestive enzymes to actually be able to break down and absorb the food that we eat. So if you have H. pylori and you already have low stomach acid, this is even more important that you give your body the opportunity to make as much stomach as it, as it can to help with the digestion of your food. Um, so don't rush. Second one is chew your food really, really well. Make sure it's really liquid before you swallow it. Um, our stomach doesn't have any teeth. So making sure that the food is chewed in the mouth before we swallow it is really crucial for anybody. Um, because this is also what could cause symptoms like belching and burping a lot. If we just eat too fast and we don't swallow, uh, we don't chew enough before we swallow. So that is really important. Um, and a few things you could do is you could add broccoli sprouts to your meals. So you can either buy the seeds in a glass and sprout your own at home or get them at the grocery store because broccoli sprouts and broccoli powder have been shown to be really successful with lowering H. pylori levels. And they're great. They have sulforaphane. They're super healthy for you in general. The other option is drink really strong ginger tea an hour to 30 minutes before your meal, because ginger also helps produce stomach acid. And the other thing is to use digestive bitters, like a little tincture, about 30 minutes before meal just to support your digestion, because if you have H. pylori, your overall digestive capability is probably weakened a little. And in order to then prevent these nutritional deficiencies, it'd be great to give your system a little bit of support. Yeah, so if you're suffering from any of these symptoms that we mentioned, or if you're thinking H. pylori might be something I've been trying to get on top of things, like it's the most common thing we find. I haven't seen one case where we haven't had H. pylori as the underlying um, infection that we had to get on top of in order to then address all the other, the parasites, the candidas, the dysbiosis, whatever there's going on. It is a major piece to the puzzle, to the sleep puzzle for a lot of people. So if that is something that you're suspecting and that you would like to discuss on um, how that could be approached, contact us either at contact at sleeplikeaboss.com or book a call with one of the sleep experts. And then we can 
discuss with you if that's something that we might be suspecting and if this is something where we would say the Sleep Like a Boss program would be a great program for you to help you get your sleep back. I hope this was interesting for you. And um, if you have any questions, let me know. And otherwise, looking forward to hearing you, seeing you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sleep Like a Boss podcast with me, Anika Carroll. Be sure to follow and listen wherever you get your podcasts. We also invite you to play the game of sleep with us, if you haven't done so, at sleeplikeaboss.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And until next time, and to a good night's sleep.